No, it's been a busy sports cycle when you've got a team on top of the mountain and you don't even mention it. You go a day's worth without talking about it. It's been a few years since one of my teams has been on the top of the mountain, but now they are again. The first place Pittsburgh Penguins as of a couple of nights to go. They take the ice against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I didn't even mention it yesterday because there's been so much going on. Tanner Hoops with you in the sports pen, joined by Jake Duran of Local 3. There's a lot more to get to today, and I wanted to throw in the Penguins because I couldn't go two shows without doing it, could right. I, Jake? I mean, yeah, you could have. I don't know. No. You know, we up here aren't really Pittsburgh Penguins fans. No I don't know if you know. No. I don't know if you know where you are. Um, this is Detroit Red Wings country. And, it is, and we we don't like the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so no you, one does. You don't have to say anything. You know, I glanced at the standings the other day, or was it yesterday, and, and saw that, or I think you made a post mm-hmm. about it. Top I'm, of the mountain yeah, with a game Twitter. in hand. I looked at that and I just had to shake my head and just keep on scrolling. Go Pens. Go Pens, baby. Go Go Wings. Go I know. Wings. I know. I know. They're not in contention for anything. But, Have fun with Blanchel. Keep, keep on tanking. Lose just, games. Lose stop games. winning games. Stop winning. <laughs> stop beating the best. You know. Stop beating the Bruins. Yeah. Stop quit beating them. They finally did learn that they need to lose to them, and they did the yeah. other night. But you know what? You can join the bandwagon. We'll accept you here. Uh, here once the playoffs start. I'm good. It's it's cup run is listen, back on. I, I, I said this. I'm a Detroit Red Wings fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I. You know, just Vancouver, the the Canucks is just like a secondary team. But why? There is really no reason. I just like I just like the vibe of the team, man. Just Tyler Toffoli. Just yeah, just let me let me be a fan. So Brock Besser, who's your favorite Canuck then? Uh, Were you one of those Sedin bandwagon I, guys? I kind of was. Were yeah, you really? That's kind of when I started following them. Um, it was just like a weird thing back in the day. We I used to play knee hockey mm-hmm. um, with one of my my best friends oh, well, who, who lived around the block, and and I used to always pretend I was you know. I was either either Jamie Lang and Bruner or like hmm. you know somebody else. That's but. an interesting choice, Jamie Lang and Bruner. When he was on the Dallas Stars, man, I I used to just for some reason be like a huge fan of his. I think he was on the Devils as well. Mm, he um, might have been. But that was just some I don't know. It was just a weird time where I was like into hockey and and for some reason I I liked that player. Mm. He was an all right player when mm-hmm. he was in his prime, so yeah. Well, I tell you what, I've got some Brock Besser stories. We'll save her off the air, what have you. But we have a lot to get to over the course of next hour. Of course, we've got the potential new playoff format in the NFL and the new CBA expected to be signed here within a month. We have the Wildcat Weekly with Jake Durant because he is the only LA Wildcats fan that I know. And he'll let us know what we need to as the team tries to bounce back from an 0-2 start to the season. What exactly happened with John Beeline and the NBA starts up again? Not quite the halfway point. We're kind of like two-thirds of the way through. It was a late All-Star break this year, Jake. And now they're going to get back to action, finish out the final third of the season. All that and more coming up over the course of next hour. I want to ask you something first, though, Jake. Did I get scammed? Because I want you to help me figure out if I got scammed. Because I was here in the office earlier today. I've started drinking a new brand of water. You got your fancy. What kind of water is that there? You got so, the bottle. Uh, this is no brand deal, but I'm drinking Essentia Overachieving mm-hmm. H2O. Ionized, hydra- ionized hydration. Uh, it has 9.5 pH or higher. Purified water. Electrolytes for taste. Um, it. I don't know, man. It was. I think it was a cheaper brand of water that i grabbed it's a bigger bottle and mm. and i felt like it was a little bit better you know you, you're always looking for like substitutes for regular water if, mm. if i can get a little bit more hydrated with with this 
I'll pay a little extra for it. Well, so you and I are both looking for new forms of water, not only for the taste, but we're both in media. Our voices are important to us. Hydration's important to us. So I'm looking for ways to stay more hydrated. So I'm out in Walmart, and I know I can brand promote this because we do on uh, on headquarters on national radio. But I was looking for some Bolt 24, you know, all-day hydration, what have you. I couldn't find it. So I come across this thing that says hydrogen-infused water. And I look at it, and I'm like, Okay, you know, it boosts athletic performance or whatever. I'm like, close. I mean, I guess. I mean, I'll, I'll, I, I'll give it a shot. You know, it came in a bag. That was the thing. It, that should have been that, my that's first. The red, that's the flag, right? There. That should have been the red flag that I bought water that comes in a bag, like like a Capri Sun pouch type of thing, or not like an quite, actual bag. Not quite like a pouch. Somewhere between the mix, uh, you know, a mix of those two. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, water that. from a bag. It had like a little spout or whatever, a little nozzle that you would drink out of. So I'm, you know, telling people about it because I felt like it actually worked pretty good. Maybe it was just placebo. I don't know. But I'm telling people about this. I'm like, yeah, I've been trying this new hydrogen-infused water and everything. I mean, it's really good. I recommend it. And then somebody pointed out to me, isn't the H in H2O hydrogen? Doesn't that? It's definitely not helium. Isn't that what it stands for already? I'm like, maybe. And they're that's like, basic. that's basic stuff, Tanner. And they're just like, so you got extra hydrogen water. So basically, H3O is what you've been drinking <laughs> here. And I'm like, yeah. So I don't know, Jake. I had some today. Now that I know that, now that I know that it's just hydrogen, you know, an, another part hydrogen, basically, and it's not some kind of fancy hydrating water, now I'm just kind of like, it doesn't do it for me. It doesn't feel like that. Uh, the way it did before I found out, you know, I don't feel as hydrated and limber and, you know, loose and stuff, what have you, with uh, with my vocal aspects. And I don't know. I wonder, did I get scammed? I mean, from I feel like I got scammed. Yeah, from all everything that I'm hearing right now, you, you definitely fell for it. Mm-hmm. Um, no idea why you would buy, you know, uh, <laughs> water in a bag. I mean, it's definitely not plastic, so I guess it it's a little bit more earth-friendly. Um, I don't care about that. I care about the hydration. <laughs> right. And, and, and yeah, I think it, it was a mental thing for you. Uh, mm-hmm. It's similar to me who um, I've kind of been, you know, dieting a little bit. And there's different foods that I, you know, when I start eating it, I think they're healthy. But then when I kind of actually look into it, mm-hmm. it might be less sugar. But then your sodium is just sh- skyrocketing through the roof. So after that, mentally, I just can't do it anymore. So. Um, I definitely think you got scammed. You should try this Essentia, though. Essentia. You know, it's a, it's not the most expensive water. You can get a big bottle like this I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is 50.7 fluid ounces. Mm-hmm. You want to look for that, that pH, a higher pH factor. Okay. That'll get you hydrated. I'm mm-hmm. not an expert on water. If there's a water expert uh, listening to me right now and I'm sounding crazy, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think, you know, the 9.5 pH is, is nice. And you drink like a half a bottle of this mm. and you're hydrated. That's a fairly big bottle you got there, though. It is. It is. But like I said, man, I'm dieting. Drinking water is key when, you, when you're dieting. You always want to just be drinking water because the more water uh, you drink – the more water weight you're going to lose because mm-hmm. your body's not storing it as much. So um, at least that's what I know. If there's experts out there and I'm saying the wrong thing, I'm so sorry. But that's what I believe. So, yeah, I mean, you always want to have water on here. As long as you believe it, doesn't matter whether it's, it's all mental, man. Yep, it is yep. all mental. It everything is a placebo. Is, everything is mental. You know, as long as you believe it, you can trick yourself into thinking about it. But that's why I, I try to do my research so I'm just not making dumb choices. You know, I might need to give that Essentia a try. I did order from Amazon some of that Bolt 24 because, you know what, I'll give it a shot. If Mike Golick says that it works for him, you know, it, it, if he can vouch for it, I'll give it a shot. So 
It's going to be shipped by tomorrow. I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, let me know. I have never tried it. It'd be interesting. Never have it, either. I didn't even know you could get it before I heard Golik talking about yeah. it. Yeah, but there's one thing about all these water companies is, it, 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 it especially true when you talk about like the Fiji water. It's, mm-hmm. It comes from the the rivers of Fiji, Mount Fiji. I didn't know there were rivers uh, in Fiji. Blah blah blah. And, I guess it And then I just me. picture some you know worker in a factory just out of a tap putting it in a Fiji <laughs> water bottle. I don't really trust it. But sometimes you need water on the go, and and you know I've started just getting a water bottle mm-hmm. and just filling it up, refilling it, mm-hmm. and trying to cut down on my plastic use. Now is it like a water bottle, like one of those ones that you can buy in like a thirty pack at a store? Is it no, one no, of those no, no, big no, no, jugs? No, that... no, 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 no. Uh, it's like an actual like hard plastic water ah. bottle that I bought just from Walmart because I was using, I was buying like twenty four packs of water. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend was actually like, why do you always drink out of, like, plastic water bottles? Don't you know that hurts the environment? <laughs> and it started making me feel guilty. And then I was like, all right, she always has, like, a water You're bottle. You're the reason her. the ozone's burning, Yeah, Jake. so so I was like, all right, I should probably switch it up and, and be, like, be better like her. So I um, went and bought myself a $10 water bottle that I just fill up. So Generally what I do is I just get one of those 94-cent gallon jugs, and I just have that. And once I top it off, refill it again, you know, and I, I just... It works. I don't right. know if that's right. I mean, I change the jug out every so often. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it, it might be tough. You might have that jug just sitting around. Um, I don't know. I've, I've tried to do that as well, but I just like that cold, you know, fresh water mm-hmm. for me. I don't blame you for that either. So a cinch is something that Try a cinch. If you're out there listening uh, and you're driving and about to make a stop at a gas station soon, uh, go in there and grab yourself an Essentia Overachieving H2O. You won't regret it. That was a great read. Like they need to hire you they as a should. spokesman I mean, for that. That was a great now. read. Yeah, I'm thinking about it right now. That's like that's a good idea. Maybe I'll look into that. And yeah, they, they ought to be paying you royalties. They what should. have you? They should. We don't have a lot of time before we hit the break because we've been talking <laughs> about nonsense here early on, and we will get to the NFL's new collective bargaining agreement and the new playoff format that is expected to go through. Until then, Jake. Just see what Danny Ainge was talking about with Ray Allen as far as the debate whether the Celtics should retire Ray Allen's jersey number 20 from his time with Boston. They had that big three with Garnett, Pierce, Allen, and then to a lesser extent, Rajon Rondo and Kendrick Perkins. And they act like those guys are a dynasty. I'm a Celtics fan, and they won one championship during their time there. They should have won a different one. I think it was... I think it was 09 was the one that they blew. They had a 3-2 lead in the series against the Lakers. They came back and won it. Honestly, it's a disappointment for how they're remembered and how talented that team was. It was a disappointment that they didn't win multiple titles. And then Ray Allen, of course, left, went to Miami, and he won more titles with LeBron down there because he couldn't get along with Rajon Rondo. And basically, Rondo kicked him out to Miami, mm-hmm. and they became the next dynasty down there. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how I feel about it. If Ray Allen's number should be retired as a Celtic, Danny Ainge basically said, I have an opinion on this, but I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to share it publicly until I know it's the right time, which I took to mean, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He left here on bad terms, but it's not my decision, so I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Yeah, um, obviously, like you said, they had the talent to win multiple championships. They did get that one. Um, if this was like an organization, even like Detroit Pistons or or an organization that's not used to winning championships, and they and they win one kind of out of the blue, and it's a big thing, kind of like Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a key piece to a championship team with an organization like that, I think you you're automatically up in the rafters just because you don't have that history there. With the Celtics, 
how many numbers do they have left? Right. They're they're you know they they got guys wearing number you know in the nineties, eighties, seventies because all of their numbers are retired. Um, do I think they should retire? You know, Garnett obviously Pierce is going to get retired. Garnett just Ray, did. Yeah. Ray Allen. Um, I d- I mean it, it's all up to your organization. If mm-hmm. you feel like obviously that was a, a big time for for Boston, I think the GM and you know upper management should get credit for kind of piecing piecing that together. They they went up against really strong opponents during that time. It wasn't like the Eastern Conference was a slouch back mm-hmm. then. Um, so I guess it's really up to the organization because it's the Celtics, because of all the history and all the championships and all the players that have gone through there. Is it deserving? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe maybe Miami would be a little bit more deserving because Ray Allen basically won them a championship with that shot that he hit in the corner against San Antonio. It's fifty fifty for me. I don't I don't care that they would do it, and I don't care that they don't. You um, know, and, you know. And, and you bring up a great point. By each franchise has their own standard Standards, for it. Yeah. Boston with seventeen, eighteen banners up there. They don't value that one championship that their star player would have won with them as much as Toronto. Like Kawhi Leonard, he'll get his number retired by Toronto. I don't think anyone's wearing two right now up there, and I don't think anyone ever will. If he would have done this, Ray Allen would have won a title with the Orlando Magic, who actually were good at that time. It's weird to think about, isn't it? A time where uh, the Orlando Magic were a good NBA t- like Man, you know, I miss those days. An upper-tier NBA team. They were the Van Gundys back then, the Orlando Van Gundys. And uh, it's weird to think about, but if he did it with that franchise or like the Minnesota Timberwolves or a franchise that is not used to winning championships and he wins one of them there, even though they left a lot on the table, it's probably a no-brainer that his name and his uh, jersey go up in the rafters. Right. I mean, Kawhi, for as little of time he spent in Toronto, he's a legend mm-hmm. forever Absolutely. In Toronto. You know, he could go there and get whatever he wants. Um, and he was only there, you know, not that long. It was just like, hi, goodbye. Yep. Um, there you go. You're welcome. And I'm going to go move on and do, you know, the, the guy's destined for greatness. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's a really good talent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for Toronto, they, they look at him like he's he's a godlike figure almost, mm-hmm. you know, because he, he was able to come in there and put the team over the top. I mean, Toronto is really good this year, surprisingly to right. me. Um, so you know Kawhi wasn't the only piece. He was the main piece. Um, but, but yeah, like you said, if, if Ray Allen went to a team, he didn't team up with – you know, Ray Allen teamed up with Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce in the yep. times. He went down to Miami, teamed up with LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was definitely a key piece that those, both of those teams needed because he's a deadly shooter. But but I just feel like maybe he's more deserving in, in Miami than Boston. I, I, I'm a huge Ray Allen fan. I am too. From, from when he was on the Milwaukee Bucks, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And – um, you know, so he's deserving of it. He's obviously a Hall of Famer, one of the best shooters of all time. But um, I don't wonder what Danny is thinking. You, I know. He's like, we are the Celtics. You just win one. Like, come mm-hmm. on. I, I think the way that he left Boston, I think, has a lot to do with that yeah. as well. And, yeah, it's, it's about, how, you know, are you burning bridges? Mm-hmm. You know, do you have a good relationship with the organization? Do you have a good it, a relationship with the upper management? Is that tie still there where they're, they're wanting to give you to retire for Or, you know, obviously to retire your number. We saw him do Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett mm-hmm. seemed to keep a good relationship with them, yep. and obviously Paul Pierce. So um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they do it. I, I, right now, fifty-fifty. It doesn't matter to me, to be honest. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you coming up on our first break. We'll take it now. When we come back, we'll break down the NFL's new CBA as Jake enjoys his essential. I'm going to learn how to spell that during the break next on ESPN UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at four on ESPN UP and on the ESPN UP app. 
Welcome back, Tanner Hoops. Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along this Thursday afternoon. We woke up today to the news that for the first time in almost 30 years, the NFL playoff format could be changing. The new proposal under the proposed collective bargaining agreement would add two playoff teams, but no games. Uh, it would add, or I should say one game to each postseason to the first round. You would get seven teams in each conference with only the top seed getting that coveted first round by. Jake, I tell you what, I didn't love it at first. You know, I'm not always open to change like I probably should be. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I'm coming around to it. I'm starting to come around to this idea of expanding the playoffs, having that extra game, more incentive to get that first round by. And uh, they're going to extend the season by a little bit, by uh, one extra week, and play 17 regular season games and shorten the preseason from four weeks to three. Now, here's what I like about it. Here's why I'm starting to come around with it. Because we're getting more meaningful football. And I did not miss a playoff game this year. I watched every playoff game. I love playoff football. We're going to get more of that. We're going to get more meaningful games in the end of the uh, the home stretch of the season. Now, I don't love it how... Because at a point, you can get too many teams into the postseason. Too many teams that not necessarily are deserving of it. That being said... Eventually, it's going to be my team who doesn't deserve to get into the postseason. They're going to be right there. They're going to be that seven seed, and all of a sudden, I as a fan, I'm more invested for another week because my team is still playing for something into week 16 and 17. Yep. Um, as somebody who is is obsessed with the NFL, you know, I follow every single team. Uh, like you, like you, I didn't miss a single playoff game. You're telling me that I have to watch one less preseason game. I get another extra regular season game. Um, like you said, we have two two more teams coming into the playoffs. Um, and, and really, the game, the name of the game is just to get in, and mm-hmm. anything can happen. Especially, we saw it a lot this season with Tennessee making a run. Um, you know, a team that. Many didn't believe they, they could do that, but they you know teams like that that happens it seems like every mm-hmm. year. So we get two more teams that you know are fighting for their playoff lives. They're going to get to sneak in, like you said. I'm looking at it like like if if the Packers somehow you know for some reason took a step back and and they barely got in, but then they actually get in because of an uh, an extra spot opening up, and mm-hmm. then they get in and then they they put it together. I mean, for a fan, that's that's great, and it's going to draw more fans in because two more uh, friend or Fan bases are going to be watching the postseason intently. Um, like you said, the extra, the extra games are going to be huge for for money, and that's basically what it comes down to: mm-hmm. is the league's going to be making more money. Um, but what I was reading into it, I think it, it's definitely, yeah, the players are going to have to play an extra game, but um, I think the players are going to be getting uh, a lot more incentive because of you know the minimum salary is going to go up for the players. I think overall players are going to be making more money, obviously. Um, so in the long run, I think it's going to work for both teams and and like you like you said as a fan from a fan's point of view we get another extra week of football we get you know more playoff games the drama is going to be there um the only thing that i can see going wrong is like you said a team that maybe doesn't deserve to be in there goes in there and Mm -hmm. then gets destroyed um but we got to start looking at more like record wise Mm -hmm. i think you know teams should be chosen with with your record i know that will lose incentive of, of winning the conference but I don't know, man. There's always some 7-9 team that just gets in. Look at the NFC East this, mm-hmm. this year. I mean, I didn't want to see any of those teams in no, the playoffs, I know. to be honest I with know you. What you know mean. what I mean? So, um, I don't know. Maybe that has to be looked at. But overall, for me, as a fan of the sport, I, I like it. It's it's one extra game. 
I don't see what the big deal is. I know pl there's some players that are against it, but I think overall both sides are going to get enough out of it to where it's a, it's a good thing for the, for the NFL. Twelve teams have made the postseason every year since 1990. That was the last time the number of teams who qualified for the postseason actually changed. Back then there were 28 teams in the NFL. Now we have 32, almost 30 years later, and now 14 teams are going to make it if this passes next month, which it is expected to do. Maybe the biggest thing, though, that I'm still trying to get my head around, Jake, and I think maybe it's the biggest detail they're still trying to work out, uh, is in regards to the uh, extra re uh, regular season game because somebody is not going to get an extra home game. Like somebody's going to get an extra home game. Someone won't. So some teams will be playing nine games at home and eight on the road out of your 17 game schedule. And it's going to be the inverse for other teams. So does this mean the NFL is going to have neutral site games and they're going to start investing in like playing in London? Like every team has a London game or uh, Mexico City games, what have you, they're going to start doing stuff like that, uh, make it a neutral site game, or maybe you flip every year, like one year, uh, you know, even numbered years, the AFC teams all get nine home games, eight away, and odd number of years, it's the NFC team, something like that. I think to me, that's the biggest detail the NFL still has to address to give us more clarity on. Yeah. I mean, for, from my point of view, it just leaves the door open for a lot of options. You know, obviously the NFL is, is really. Um, pushing to expand, like you said, we see the Mex Mexico City game. We saw the the preseason debacle up in mm -hmm. Canada with with the Packers and Raiders. Um, London's been a huge thing, and it's you know it's it seems to be working out. So we could potentially see that happening. Obviously, as as the league tries to expand, it leaves an option for them to to potentially do that. I see the the latter. You mm -hmm. know the the like you said, one year this way, next year uh, a, a separate way. And you just kind of go back and forth like that, and you just kind of even it out with all the teams. I see that as a more viable option right now. Um, but let's be honest; those teams, you know, in the last couple of years, who have to go and play in Mexico City and London, that's just that's kind of you know it, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It's tough with travel. Um, one team's giving up a home game. Um, you're going into an environment that you're, you're not really used to. The games are a little bit you know early in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and, and some of these times, you know, every game's huge in the NFL. So I feel like a team who goes it plays in London is at a disadvantage. And that's why, as a Packer fan, I'm glad the Packers kind of put their foot down and like we're not really trying to do this, to be honest with you. So um, I don't know, man. I, I I just like the the option to have to have the it, it be a possibility. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And and like you said, they're going to work all this out, and, and they're going through every little detail, and they're going to come up with a solution where the players are happy and, and the league is happy and the owners are happy. So I'm excited for it. I don't see any, you know, a lot of negative to it from my point of view, and we're just going to have to see how it plays out. I tell you what, I, I, I was initially against expanding the number of teams that qualify for the postseason because I feel like 12 is a pretty good number. If we would have had this format for the postseason this year, then the Rams and the Steelers would have been the last two teams to get in. They were both fine. I wasn't upset that they were out of the postseason, though, because neither of them were that good this year. That being said, I'm not going to stop watching the NFL because they added another team. The NFL knows that. I mean, people who are against this, which I'm not necessarily against it, and I'm starting to warm up to it more and more, the NFL knows that whoever could be against it they're not going to stop watching. Is it going to be an extra game of football? We're just going to have to shut up, take it, enjoy our football, which is fine with me. And and that's how it how it is. And the NFL knows that. You see all the you know. There's been distractions. There's been protests. There's been all of this. And and the numbers just keep growing. The money keeps 
you know, keeps coming in more and more. And the NFL knows they had a really good product. Um, they know they got the star power. They know they got the the fans who are are hooked, who you know are emotionally attached to their teams. Who you know they do a good job keeping you sucked in all season. If it's not the draft, it's it's training camps. Then it's the trade deadline, and then obviously the games. And and there's always something. You know, it's just they do a good job of just keeping you in there. So yeah, like you said. The people who are against it, they can they can be on social media, you know, crying all they want, you know, talking bad about the NFL all they want, but they know the NFL knows when Sunday comes around, when mm-hmm. your team's playing, you're gonna be in front of the T V, you're gonna be watching, you're gonna be buying tickets, and it's just the way it is. And you know, that's where the NFL is at. They're a juggernaut. And we're seeing more meaningful football. That's what that's what we There's care about. There's a lot about. of parody that's in the NFL like. right now. Yeah. And it's a perfect time to do it because yeah, there is a lot of parody. There's a lot of teams that are right there, you know, on the cusp. Uh, one or two pieces away, or teams that you know can get better and, and put a run together. We've seen it. We've seen it happen. If if the Rams or Steelers were in the playoffs, do I think they would have got knocked out in the first round? There's a good chance, but could I suppose see both of those teams put a game together and win a game mm-hmm. or go on a little run? Potentially, yeah, potentially. So tell you what, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant, with you. Not quite ready for the break, and we've got a couple minutes here before we get there. So I want to give Jake the opportunity to update us on the L.A. Wildcats. Wildcat Weekly, man. Another tough week for the Cats, but they were in it. I mean, the offense was tough to watch. The offense was almost non-existent for both teams as they fell to Dallas 25-18. Early on, it was non-existent, then it really started picking up. Yeah, so... I know the XFL, they want scoring, and they've tried really hard to cater to more points, but it's tough when when there's four decent quarterbacks in the league that can potentially play. Obviously, mm-hmm. P.J. Walker, the guy from St. Louis, who is to to him, I can't say his name. Jordan Tuamu, I Tuamu, believe. Tuamu. Um, the throw-in Samoan is what he yeah, calls himself. Yeah, Cardell Jones mm-hmm. in D.C. There's another one that I'm forgetting. I can't think. But then you got not guys, even Aaron Murray. But then you got guys like Aaron Murray. Mm-hmm. Then you got guys like Matt McGloin. Yep. You got guys like Josh Johnson on L.A., who mm-hmm. I watched last week. Just kind of – there's a reason why these guys hadn't stuck around right. in the NFL. Um, and there's – Points in XFL games, especially when you're talking about not the latter front top of the league, where you're just kind of like, this is really bad football. Mm-hmm. Like they're just missing throws and things like that, and and that's kind of where it's like, okay, is you know, is the product really that good? It's obviously not the NFL. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, watching that game, the Wildcats have a lot of, they got potential, but Josh Johnson just isn't it. Um, I like their their receiver Spruce. I think he's leading yep. the league in, through two games in receiving. So the, it's not like they don't have weapons or anything like that, but um, just not a great start. Obviously at home, you don't want to lose a game at home uh, against a Dallas team who came in who got beat last week at home, the only team to get beat. So mm-hmm. not good for my Wildcats. I'm not giving up on them. You know, I'm a Wildcat, Wildcats for life uh, fan. Um, I'm still I'm still interested. Yeah, I think the the numbers, the attendance numbers are up. The XFL has done a good job scheduling home games. Where like for the first three weeks, you're gonna have a new team at home for the first time. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be that energy there where teams are excited. They just kind of see what it's all about. So those numbers are kind of skewed. But from what I'm hearing, they're doing all right. I just wish the quarterback play was better. Right. I mean, you know? Landry Jones just didn't look good. The guy. Sunday. The guy looks like. A slower Ben Roethlisberger. A little bit. And, and that's that's bad. Mm-hmm. He can't move. No. The guy can't move. The guy's stuck in quicksand. Um, yeah, it wasn't good. And then Josh Johnson, he made some plays, but he left some plays on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Aaron Murray's just not looking good. Like I said, Matt McGloin, you know, uh, after week one, just blamed his whole team mm-hmm. because of the loss in him. I don't know what he was thinking. Um, PJ Walker's looking nice. Yeah, I like that that Renegades team is very is must see. They're fun to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting because obviously there's going to be a few guys that might get shots at the NFL. Mm-hmm. When the XFL loses their stars, then what? You exactly. Know what I mean? When Cardell Jones gets the call up, he gets a call. PJ Walker has earned a shot to just kind of get into a camp and just and just see. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they start losing their stars, how are they going to replace them? It's going to be tough, tough to see. But I know the XFL kind of wants to be a developmental league, so that's kind of what they want to see. But at the same time, it's like we only have so many stars that you're looking to go see. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, man. Through two weeks, I'm still I'm still entertained as a as a football fan. Um, I hope people are out there just giving it a chance. Obviously, it's not the NFL, but, you know, there's drama. You know, we, we're seeing things happen, so I'm still into it. I'm still rooting for the Wildcats. I still think they can come back and do some, sure. make some noise. All so, right, good. So You're we'll optimistic. See. I am. Think Pepper Johnson will ever get a coaching job again because the defense started looking better? Or uh, should yeah. he be optimistic he'll have another job someday? Yeah, when you text me, you know, maybe he might be out of, you know, it's not good. It's not a good look for no. him. Not a good look for him. Um. Well, never say never. Uh, he he's obviously a guy in that position for a reason. Um, I hope to see him bounce on his feet, but I don't know, man. That defense isn't looking that good. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Let's take our next time out as we hit the bottom of the hour. When we come back, the NBA resumes tonight, plus the John Beeline fallout next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back, Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. Glad you're along. Last Mike has been doing this all week. Let me... We should be having this figured out, Jake. Mm. I don't know why this mic keeps doing this, but this mic has been the bane of my existence for, like, all week. Don't worry, man. I had a similar thing happen on the news the other day. Um, doing doing the sportscast and, like, our graphic system shut down, uh, all these technical difficulties. So um, it's kind of, you know, I kind of feel set up for failure. Yeah, I could do it. I have a perfect show, but still... You know, things happen, but it, it's technology, man. I, technology hates me. This mic has been going out on me for I don't know how many uh, Man, I almost, there we go. You just got to bang on it a little bit. You ever notice that? That's how that's how things get fixed. You then. bang on the mic or something like that, and there it goes. It'll uh, it'll finally work the way you want it to. Either or, here's your Sports Center update. Good news, Ryan Newman has been released from the hospital, walking out under his own power following a fiery crash at the end of the Daytona 500 Monday. Good to see yeah, man. Uh, I was on Twitter that the night it happened a few days ago, and you know he started his name started trending on Twitter, and I saw that crash and and just going full speed, first hitting the wall. Mm-hmm. I mean, at that speed, um, that's it's not good, obviously. Um, and then to to be able to not only hit the wall but then flip upside down and have right. a car going full speed hit you on your driver's side door while you're upside down. Um, it didn't look good, man. It didn't look good. Um, drivers have gotten hurt way worse in, in a lot less uh, uh, tr- uh, crashes, bad mm-hmm. crashes. And um, everyone was kind of holding their breath and praying for him. And it's just, it was that, that video with him walking out with his daughters. Yep. Uh, you know, I have a daughter myself, so that kind of touches a string in me. Um, it's just good to see. It's good to see. And, and um, you know, a lot of people were trying to compare, compare it to Dale Earnhardt, mm-hmm. who um, sadly passed away in a race. And, um, th- you know, thanks to the 
safety provisions that happened after that crash, I think that definitely helped Newman. So um, in the long run, a tragedy turned into um, something that helped another driver. So just good to see him walk out uh, walking um, just a few days after. That's what's yeah. so crazy about it. Man, that's insane. Tell you what, continuing on with the update, Browns left tackle Greg Robinson and former Indianapolis Colts kick returner Quan Bray were arrested at the U.S.-Mexico border yesterday. They were coming back from Mexico into Texas when their car was seized containing 157 pounds of marijuana. 157 pounds they were bringing back from Mexico. I mean, some people don't weigh that much. Yeah. Um when I first heard about this story, I didn't realize how much they had on them. It was like, oh, stopped with, you know, found marijuana in the car. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, this this happens. You know, it happens. Um, so I didn't think much of it. And then I, I read later. 157, I'm like, 157 pounds. pounds. Uh, you know, if you're out there thinking about crossing Mexico and bringing back over yeah, 150 pounds in a vehicle where you know you're going to get stopped, uh, you know they have the border locked down, mm -hmm. um, just don't do it. If you're just please don't do it. It's, it's the the stupidity behind that mm -hmm. um, is just is so ridiculous. And um, they're facing, from what I read, they're facing up to twenty years in mm -hmm. prison, federal prison. So um, Greg Robinson, I think he was the number two overall pick. He was he former out, lion too. Former lion uh, came out of Auburn. To him, fast forwarding a few years later, to him crossing the border with 157 pounds. Mm -hmm. Man, it's just crazy. Those stories always just are mind-boggling to me. His career was marred by injury, and it never really got going like it was supposed to in the NFL. That being said, I think the Browns were kind of on their way to showing him the door, and this kind of expedited the whole process. Yeah, I mean, for the Browns, it's like, obviously, well, you made the decision for us, but mm -hmm. um, I just don't see how those two could be thinking that it was a good idea. I mean, I understand. Obviously, they're going to get charged with, you know, looking to distribute that i don't think it was personal use or anything like that. i hope it was it's um, 157 pounds right yeah i mean it, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around mm -hmm. how much that is what kind of car were they driving mm -hmm. how did they think they were going to get through with that i just nothing about that see is successful to me you know what i mean like i, it's I just, know what you mean it's just a bad bad idea i, I just don't see what they were thinking when they're driving over to go pick that up like Man, mind-blowing. And finally, the first athletes to ever have their likenesses featured on a bobblehead were Roberto Clemente, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, and Willie Mays. How about that? It's nice. Yeah. yeah. I was doing a little research looking up the history of the bobblehead, what have you. I thought this would be a good and final. I love bobblehead. Are you a bobblehead guy, Jake? I, I have a few bobbleheads mm -hmm. um, from different sporting events and things like that. I've always wanted to get a bobblehead of myself. Yes. Just one, mate. You I've got one. Me? You got one? Yeah, I'm a narcissist. <laughs> uh, well, I want to see that one, but uh, yeah, I see one over there, actually. That's my uh, Sidney Crosby we've got oh, here in the studio. no. What do you mean, no? Oh, no. Who's up there on the – who's the football player? Well, that that's just an action figure. It's not a bobblehead, but that's Joe Montana. Ooh. Yeah, you got a little Joe Montana up there. Yeah. Got a snow globe, a Miguel Sano snow globe. So yeah. bobbleheads are fun, though. Bobbleheads are fun, you know. So I like to knickknack the office here a little bit. But I tell you what, um, in regards to bobbleheads, the uh, MLB was the first organization, the first sporting organization, to decide to really make these mainstream in America and American sports. 
And they started by making this kind of generic cherub-faced little guy wearing each of the team's jerseys. So at the time, you know, it was like in the late 50s, early 60s, they had just one type of bobblehead. And then to commemorate the 1960 World Series, they said, we're going to start doing individual player bobbleheads. So they came out with four, the four that I mentioned, Clemente, Mays, Maris, and Mantle, and that was to commemorate the 1960 World Series. Already 60 years ago this fall. Yeah, I mean, and to me, that's just smart business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you get one standard one with a jersey, a, a, a fan can only buy that one time, mm-hmm. or they're less likely to buy it multiple times. Mm-hmm. You start making individual players on one team, mm-hmm. you know, you're a Penguins fan, you might grab somebody else. You oh, sure. two or three. You might co- try to collect the whole team mm-hmm. if you're a collector. So that's just smart to me. Um, and then, yeah, like you said, you know, you can customize now and things like that. Everything, everyone's trying to make their own and things like that. So I think that's cool. I do have a team set of a bobblehead. It's not with me. That's actually still in Iowa. The 1987 Minnesota Twins World Series team. Ooh. I've got those guys, that, that collection of bobbleheads. Nice. I got a couple from, like, uh, just baseball ones, random, like, mm-hmm. uh, a Rattlers player or something like that. Rattlers. Um, from Wisconsin. Ah, yeah, gotcha. little developmental league mm-hmm. player. But, yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm, I'm more of like a – I don't have a lot of sports memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I have a few signed Packers jerseys, a couple mini helmets, and then like one or two bobbleheads. I'm not just – I don't, I don't know. I, I like sports memorabilia, but – if it's just sitting there, it just it's not doing it for me. I, I love sports memorabilia. You know, it makes my day happier coming here into the office, and I'm seeing my snow globe, my little Crosby bobblehead. I've got that puck over here. Did you ever see this? This Minnesota Golden Gophers puck. Ooh. I keep meaning to show Grant Petoni this because he was part of this team from oh, the really? 2003 National Championship team. I keep meaning to show him that whenever he's in here, but I don't know. I it. I, I don't know. I don't know, Jake. You know me. You know me well enough to know that sometimes things that are pertinent just go well over yeah. my head. Oh, I, I, I know you're a, a sports guy. I mean, you have all these jerseys and things like that. So, Big jersey guy, so too. So it doesn't surprise me that you're really into sports memorabilia. Um, my buddy actually is really big into it. He mm-hmm. collects all kinds. I mean, different jerseys. Um, you know, he, He's a Niners fan, but he, he was showing me the other day all the stuff he got that I have never – he's like – his house is filled with it now, so mm. I'm just like, oh, okay. But <laughs> hey, whatever toots your horn, I guess. I tell you what, I like it. I do. I re- and I would love to do a segment on this and get like the audience to share with us their favorite sports memorabilia piece, something like that. You know, I, I'm sure bobbleheads are a popular one. What else are we forgetting? Are there? There's got to be I'm other more ones. I'm a signed there. jersey guy. You're uh, a signed jersey gift, guy. Uh, when when the Packers drafted Haha Clinton Dix, he was mm. my favorite player. And I actually got a, a signed jersey of his that I framed, mm-hmm. um, which was really nice. It, mm-hmm. I still have it, but now it's just kind of lost lost its luster a little bit because obviously he's not on the team anymore mm-hmm. and things like that. So now it's kind of just sitting in a, in a room. And, you know, I, I like jerseys. Autographed jerseys, I like. Um, I'm not a huge, like, flag guy. You know, those mm-hmm. little, like, flags, bobbleheads, like you said, pucks. Hockey stick. I, I used to have a couple hockey sticks. Oh, is that right? Yeah, back in the day. Um, just randomly. I, I just get stuff randomly. I've still got my... I need to get some of my hockey sticks back up here because I've left most of them in Iowa. One of them was signed by Ruslan Fedotenko. Remember him? He was a Stanley Cup champion with the Lightning in 04. I keep meaning to bring those up with me, but man, they won't let me take it on the plane. I, I don't know if a hockey stick is considered a weapon, but... TSA thinks it is. Yeah, I mean, you could do damage with a hockey stick. I'm sure you could, but I I don't think it 
Well, I guess. It's probably something they would make you check, and I hate checking bags. I'll always carry on if possible. Yeah, you're just going to have to make a haul on, on four wheels. Oh, and, uh, boy. It's worth it. For it's hockey sticks. It's worth it for hockey pick sticks. Up, yeah, just drive, drive home, drive back. Oh, yeah, 20, 20 hours round trip yeah. just to pick up a few hockey sticks. Yeah, you got 48 hours in a weekend. Oh, there you go. Bag. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll spend my weekend on the road <laughs> picking up hockey sticks there from Iowa. We started this segment with the intention talking NBA and John Beeline, and as Jake and I like to do, we get off topic on nonsense. So we'll take our next time out, and we will talk basketball next. Plus, I've got a story. I said a few weeks ago that, uh, here we go with nonsense again. I said a few weeks ago that I wanted to get somebody big on this show again because, you know, it's been a couple of weeks since we had somebody like that. You like to hit home runs. I do, and I, I, I feel like I've got a pretty good average right now. i got a good slugging percentage, but... I attempted to get one that would have been a walk-off Grand Slam as compared to some of these other ones. I may or may not have. Um, I've got the story. I'll see what you and the audience think next on ESPN-UP. Check out the UP's local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. If you missed any part of our show today, it's available on demand with the Sports Pen Podcast. Get it by getting our free mobile app from the Apple I Store or Google Play or check it out at ESPNUP.com. Don't forget we've got Westwood Patriot Boys basketball tonight. Should be a fun one as the Calumet Copper Kings come to town. They boast one of the top players in the UP, and they're another team that I know Coach Sergio, when I talked to him tonight, is going to say, they are better than their record indicates. So it's going to be a fun one. Jake, you'll have highlights, right, on Local 3? Yeah, we're going to have highlights. I think that'll, that'll be a good one. I mm-hmm. think uh, both teams are similar. Um, I haven't got to see Calumet play, but just in recent history, just always a scrappy bunch. A scrappy bunch, uh, very balanced. Like you said, they, they do have a little bit of star power on their team, so... Um, it'll be a tough one. Is is everyone better than their record these days? I don't know. <laughs> when it, when is there going to be a team like their record is exactly who they are? Um, a team that you know maybe their record is better than what they are. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like the Green Bay Packers this year? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Why you got to do that to me? Wait, I was just looking at the new format of the, mm-hmm. you know, if we added two more teams. And Green Bay obviously wouldn't have gotten any sort of buy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They would have had to go up against the Rams. Yep. So, um, and, you know, it just made me realize, yeah, that first round buy would be, mean so much mm-hmm. more for people. So, yeah, that would have been actually pretty interesting. Well, I tell you what, I've got a story for you. We're going to talk basketball, but I want to talk about cheating just briefly because this came out here earlier today, and it's not about the Astros because I'm sure everyone's sick of that by now. But what does it say about you when you cheat and you still don't win? Like the Astros won by cheating. What does it say if you go 0-19 in your conference while you're cheating? Because do you remember a few years ago, when a Louisville fan was heckling, at the time, Pitt men's basketball coach Kevin Stallings. Stallings turned around and retorted, at least we don't pay our players, because, of course, Louisville was going through their scandal at the time. It came out earlier today that the Pitt football and basketball programs were paying players under Kevin Stallings' watch in regards to basketball, and Stallings still went 0-19 in ACC play. What does that say about you when you cheat and you still don't win? And not not only don't win, you go 0-19 in your conference. It means you're, A, a cheater, obviously, <laughs> and B, you're just terrible. Mm-hmm. You're a ter- terrible person. I mean, that's just just bad all around. Mm-hmm. Um I guess it's kind of similar to what you know the the Boston Red Sox are trying to avoid right now. Mm-hmm. Without you don't see Boston Red Sox players coming out 
talking about the Astros right now because I'm, from what I know, they're getting investigators. Yep, right the hammer's about drop so on them. What would that look like if they came out and said, like, why would they do that when, you know, they, they pretty much know it's about to come down on them too. So um, that's just so bad. I mean, how could you sit there and say that when you're, you know you're completely lying and then are still terrible? For me, that's just karma. Yeah. That's a little bit of karma for mm-hmm. me, and, and they deserve it. So I have I have no pity for people like that. We could go out right now. We could find out the other teams who might have been cheating or whatever because we got to find a team who has not publicly criticized the Astros here lately. Like the Dodgers, we assume haven't because of Bellinger. The Yankees, as much as they like to cheat, we assume they aren't in this situation <laughs> because Giancarlo Stanton has come out and said some things. The Angels with Mike Trout. we got to find the teams who are staying the most quiet, and we'll do Rob Manfred's investigation for them. We'll, we'll weed out the cheaters doing that. Please tell me there's some Tiger player. Please, some Detroit Tiger player. <laughs> come out and say something. Because we, we want to talk about being bad and cheating. Please don't make, make that be the Tigers. Please. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. I tell you what, Jake, what, what do you want first? Do you want to talk about Beeline in the NBA, or do you want my story about my maybe kind of pseudo guess? I'm very interested in your story, but let's just talk about Beeline real quick. Just right. get it over with. The man deserves better. That's all yeah, I got to say. Yeah, he does. Um, and apparently, did you see that thing that came out that the players would like on purposely play songs with Thug in the title around him after that whole debacle yeah, last that month? that was definitely the, the tip of the iceberg right there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe... I mean, it was tough. I mean, you got to believe the guy for what he said. He said, you know, slugs, not thugs. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's, you know, that was just one of many things. Right. And sometimes it happens where you go to a place and it just doesn't work. A lot of stuff is going wrong. Obviously, they're they're last in the East right now through 54 games. Frustrations boiled over. Um, the younger guys on the Cavs not really able to relate to John Beeline, who's, you know, in the upper th- 60s, um, an older gentleman, uh, and it, and for some reason it just didn't work out. And obviously John Beeline didn't help his case with the things he said. Um, and it's unfortunate. Maybe he is just suited better for the co- collegiate game. And sometimes that's that's the case with coaches. I mean, the NBA is just a completely different monster. You're dealing with college stars on a roster who now believe you know you know it's a player driven league. And now they now have more power and they they feel it. And, you know, they're not trying to listen to someone who's trying to be a father figure. Mm-hmm. They're trying to listen to someone, you know, that's why I feel like in the N- NBA, it, more respect's given to, to guys who have been there and played in the league. You know, your young 20 year old isn't going to try to listen to this John Beanline who they don't really know his resume. Mm-hmm. You know? They'd rather listen to a guy, like a guy like Juwan Howard who's now at Michigan. He would probably be f- f- a better fit with the Cavs just because it's like, okay. That's Juwan Howard. He's mm-hmm. a cha- he's an NBA champion. He's done it, and he can relate to us. You know, players are more likely to relate to guys like that. Um, when you talk about young kids, freshmen coming in just out of high school, you know, they're more likely to, you know, take take what the coaches have and and use that because they're trying to get better. They're trying to get to the point of the NBA. Mm-hmm. When you make it, now these players are feeling like, oh, we made it. We we know what's best for us, and we're not going to try to listen to you. And then, like you, like I said, when he said that, whatever he said, whether it was slugs or thugs. You can't really come back. You can't really bounce back. Right. From that. It, do, it You know the burn. The bridge is already burned, and and players are going to already have their their thoughts and you know outlook on you. And unfortunately, it just didn't work out. And now I'm hearing Andre Drummond went in there and, and started threatening. I don't know the truth behind that, but mm. people are saying he's like he's got to go or so I'm not resigning. So uh, everything was just kind of pointing at him uh, exiting. And I think. For both parties, it's probably good that it happens now. Did we ever think Andre Drummond would re-sign with Cleveland, though? Like this offseason, did like, we ever really think that was a like, possibility? Is he going to get twenty x 
millions of dollars from anyone else? Uh, somebody might. Maybe. Somebody might. He's kind of, he's a walking double-double. He is, but I feel like the NBA is kind of going away from that. Is is there going to be a team? I think it might better suit him to re-sign with somebody, mm-hmm. with, with the Cavs. Because I don't know if he's making more money. Maybe he will. I just feel like the market with him right now isn't great. I tell you what, though, with John Beeline, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said respect because I don't think the Cavalier players ever respected him. You know, there were rumors coming out that he uh, was doing college drills and he was running college-style offenses in practice, and the players are just like, what is going on? I mean, we're professionals. We went through this already. I mean, treat us like professionals. Don't treat us like your college kids you left in Michigan. And, yeah, I mean, it's – Obviously, the players are going to go out there. They're going to they're going to play when when they have to play. But you you got to have thought that behind closed doors, when Belon wasn't around, you know, you, players are sitting there shaking their heads like, "Man, I don't want to do this. It's ridiculous," etc. And I mean, I think showing respect, you're going to get respect. And and I don't think Beeline did a good job, like you said, treating them like they're professionals. And I I just don't think he really understood how. Mm-hmm. Maybe that just didn't come around and. Um, it just it just wasn't a good situation. Tell you what, though, uh, in regards to basketball, the NBA is back tonight. It's going to be a fun one between Milwaukee and Detroit. It'll be a fun one for Milwaukee fans. I don't know. I don't know about the other way around. I'm actually having a good time uh, rooting for tanking. Is that right? It's 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 fun watching games. Um, you know, I'm cheering for for missed shots. I'm cheering for turnovers. I'm cheering for techs. <laughs> I'm cheering for L's, and um, there's no pressure for me mm-hmm. you know, i'm just like let's keep losing let's watch this these losses detroit's right there you know they're they're almost in first place trying to get to last place if that <laughs> makes any sense so um they're only like five games out from last place so if yeah they but they still have that dang lottery system i know but you know just keep on losing just just try to make it make it better right now it's, it's looking like they're gonna get like around the seventh pick and mm-hmm. There's some guys that could fall to them, and Maybe. I don't know. If they, I don't know if they're franchise changers. Unfortunately, this this draft coming up is is not great. No. No, no one really. This, James Wiseman, maybe he's he'll he's be the only unique, prize. He's a unique player, and James Prizeman. Anthony, Anthony Edwards from Georgia is is a baller, but other than that, like Lamelo is an X factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, I don't know, man. Not a lot of big not names. A lot, a lot of big names. You know, Detroit's not going to get not going to turn things around this off season. It's going to mm-hmm. take years, but at least they have some cap space and flexibility now. So go Bucks, but in reality, go Pistons. <laughs> Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you. We have the most flaky Pistons fan in studio here. You're loyal to the Wildcats. Listen, the NBA, tanking is, is alive and well in the NBA. Yes, it and, is. And I know Pistons fans out there, what do you want? You want them to win meaning, meaningless games and, and shoot themselves in the foot, or do you want to really make a go at I this? know, but I just can't bring myself to cheer against my own team. I just I couldn't do that to well, myself. When you're fr- as frustrated as I am as a Pistons fan watching what, what's been the Pistons, mm-hmm. I am kind of rooting. I am kind of being a – I guess you can call me a disloyal fan, but now, it's, well, right now disloyal. I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking at the best interests of – of the franchise I cheer for. I get right that. now, losing is in their best interest. I get that in a sad, twisted it's way. It's messed up. I know. It's it's really messed up. But unfortunately, when you're a fan of a team that's not doing well in the NBA, this is what you root for. Anyway, here, before we sign off, here's my story about my potential guest. Okay, so we've had some pretty fun names here on ESPN-UP before I've joined us on the sports pen, becomes friend of the show. So I have my list, as you know, of guys that – I would like to have on this show more than anybody. Stu Gatz was up there before. We were able to cross him off the list. Before I give it to you, who do you think this was? Because you know me. You know me well enough that this would have been a green slam. 
I'm, I'm thinking like, I don't know, man. It's not Andrew Luck. I'll give you that. Is it, you talking about player? No, no, I'm talking about anybody that I could have on this show. I would think you'd get, I don't know, shoot. The correct answer is Mike Leach. So try to get Mike Leach. Well, here's the thing. I may or may not have made some kind of contact with Mike Leach because ESPN is wonderful and there's always these, you know, ways, there's these back channels, I'll call them, that you can kind of but not really supposed to get somebody, uh, you know, book someone the way that, you know, you can go through ESPN. That's kind of how you're supposed to. And then there are the back channels. There are the dark arts, what have you. And I dabbled in a few of these dark arts to try and get Mike Leach uh, without going into specifics. So I was able to track down a number that I was not able to verify was Mike Leach. I was just told, this is Mike Leach. You can get, This is his phone number. And I'm not going to reveal how I got it or what that number is. But I was I was told, this is how you get a hold of him. So I take a deep breath and I press call. It rings and rings and rings, and finally it goes to voicemail. So I'm thinking of, you know, something generic. I'd be like, hey, coach, you know, introduce who I am. You know, we'd love to have you on here. You're one of the most interesting men in the world. I'm sure you have some thoughts on the really, UP. Really sell it. Really, really sell say it. exactly, because he has thoughts on everything, and I'm sure the UP is fascinating to him because he's a fascinating person. But then the voice on the voicemail was that of an elderly woman named Edith Washington, and she says to leave a number after the beep, which I didn't because I figured, okay, well, I got bad information. I just got the wrong number. Then I started thinking, he's a famous guy. And it wasn't totally easy to get this number, but it wasn't as hard as I certainly thought. And I thought, if he knows his number is out there and he doesn't want to change it, would Mike Leach not just ignore an unknown number, a call from an unknown number, and let it go to a voicemail of an old woman? And that way he would not get all these unwanted calls, unwarranted calls from people that he did not know. And I'm thinking if there's anyone in sports who that would be true for, it'd be Mike Leach. Yeah. I mean, he could potentially have it like, hey, um, my voicemail is a little, you know, it's a, it's an old woman, but mm -hmm. you know it's me. Like the closest people would know exactly. that it is actually mm -hmm. still his number and, and just be leaving messages like it's actually his number. Mm -hmm. Um but even though, you'd still be getting those calls, right? I know you would think so, but then they don't call back. That's true. You wouldn't get the call back, but your number is still out there. It is a pain changing your number. Mm -hmm. I can imagine with all the contacts he has, if I mean, if you have to change your number and change all your contacts, that's just a, that's a pain. It's a pain. I love it. I mean, because... But, but yeah, I could definitely see, you know, Mike Leach is someone who would, you know, mastermind a plan of, I'm going to have this older woman mm -hmm. in my voicemail. That way, like, only the closest people will still know it's me. It's kind of just like a ruse a little bit. It's not like some generic thing where it's like, this caller's not available, please leave your name and number. I mean, he goes to, if this was indeed him, he goes to lengths to, like, either get an old woman voice or have somebody do it for him and come up with a fake name. It was just like, I, I give him props. I'm not even mad. Yeah, I mean. I like him even a, more if now. that's an actual real number of an older woman, I feel bad for the the woman who's probably fielding calls from Mike Leach every single <laughs> who's day. Who's Mike Leach, you know, he's it's, wondering. It's, yeah, I mean, the, the guy who got my old cell phone number when I changed, mm -hmm. um, I still had a lot of coaches and people because, like, I couldn't get it out. I, I just would put, like, a status up. If you want my number, here it is. Um, but people were still calling in scores to this old number, mm -hmm. and, and I had someone come up to me one day and were like, hey, like I called your old number. Do you have a new number? Some guy answered it, and he was not happy. <laughs> 
he was like, this is not Jake Durant. Stop calling me with these scores. I do not care. And just hung up like he was fed up with it. So I feel bad whoever has my old number. I'm so sorry. Um, but I wonder if that older woman is feeling the same. Tanner Hoops, Jake Durant with you with that. It is 5 o'clock. Always good having you here, my man. What's coming up at Local 3? Um, if you want to tune into Local 3 tonight at 6, I'm going to be live from the NMU men's basketball mm. game. They got a big one against Grand Valley. They got three games left in the regular season all at home. They're trying to make the conference tournament, so uh, you, you know they, they would probably like to win all three. Um, if they don't win one of these, they could still potentially make it. But I'm going to go live, kind of break it down. We'll hear from Matt Mackerzak. Um, so I'm going to be there tonight. We have high school uh, basketball, etc. And, yeah, man, just, just kind of – Kind of pushing through the old, the old uh, February, month of February here. That's it for us here on ESPN-UP. For Jake Duran, I'm Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming, Marquette.